Hello friends and welcome to take two and finally an episode of the Kings of Anglia podcast this week. I say take two because yesterday we sat down to record. Um, Stuart Watson was just telling us about Kieran McKenna as a new name in the frame and then the old smelly stuff hit the fan, the balloon went up, phones started going off, calls were made, emails were clicking in and we had to stop recording because Kieran McKenna was on the verge of being Ipswich Town's new manager which has duly happened. So Merry Christmas, first of all. What a week it's been. Ipswich Town have got a new manager. They put in an absolutely abhorrent display at Barrow, which obviously was previously taking the headlines. But now, friends, all that has gone. It's all in the past. And we can look forward to a new era, take 375,000 at Ipswich Town. I am Mark Heath. With me to discuss the new Ipswich Town manager, Kieran McKenna, is the Dr Stuart Watson and the prospect, Ross Hall's, Stewie, yesterday, as I say, <clears throat> we recorded 20 minutes, I would say 20 minutes of probably the best podcast we've ever recorded, um, which will never see the light of day now. You were just telling us about Kieran McKenna, a new name that you'd heard in the frame and, and um, ways you were trying to verify it. And then things started happening. Things started moving. News never stops. We decided we'd better stop recording. And within minutes, we'd had a story on the, on the website saying Kieran McKenna was going to be Ipswich Town's new manager. How are you, first of all? Um, it's been a very busy week. Up and down, as it always is, following Ipswich Town. Mm. Um, how's things? Things are good. Uh, pleased that finally we've we've got the uh, the new man in place. Um, it's a little bit strange that I've just gone through the sort of thought process of now being older than than all of the players in the Ipswich Town squad. I'm now older than the manager of Ipswich Town, which is a, a slightly strange thing to say, but. Um, yeah, excited and nervous. Probably an equal manager in an equal measure about this one. It's um, it's a risk. It's a gamble. But I think long-term followers of of um, of my views will know that this is the route that I wanted Ipswich to go down. A calculated risk. I think that's in the club's DNA. If you look back at Robson, Ramsey, Burley, they're all men in their thirties. Uh, probably would have been seen as risks at the time when they got appointed and, and they've been the most important and successful men in the history of the football club. So hopeful that Ipswich have, have uncovered a gem here. Um, time will tell, of course. Yeah, and we'll get into obviously more about McKenna in a minute. Um, Stewie's older than Kieran McKenna. I certainly am older than Kieran McKenna. That's definitely the first time I've been older than a, a manager that we've been covering. Um, but Rossi, with a smug little grin on your face, barely older than any of the players, you young bastard. Um, how are you this morning? <laughs> I'm very good. Very good. I'm just pleased that it's finally over the line. We finally have a man we can call Itchrich Town Manager. And uh, yeah, intrigued. That is the word I'm using for this appointment. I'm very intrigued. A bold appointment, but mm. um, an exciting one indeed. It's definitely bold. It's definitely progressive. It has split the fan base, I would say, given um, what I saw online yesterday, getting some reaction to it. Uh, a lot of people concerned. It's either a, a master stroke, a genius move, um, or a, a massive, massive, massive risk at a time where town can't really afford to be taking risks. So, Stuart, do you want to kick us off by telling us a bit about Ipswich Town's new manager, Kieran McKenna? Because I've got to be honest, until you started talking about him yesterday, I'd never heard of him. Yeah, I mean... But... Before before I profile a little bit, it, in terms of the risk, Ipswich have gone down the so-called proven route several times over the last decade, and that's not exactly held them in good stead, is it? You know, most 
everyone bar Paul Hurst were managers with promotions on their CV under Marcus Evans. Keane had won promotion. Jewell had done it. Uh, Cook had done it several times recently. And that's, as we've seen, that's no guarantee for success. So Ipswich are trying something different. And I guess there's lots of examples across the leagues now where these people who have spent their younger years honing their craft as a coach rather than jumping straight from from playing into coaching i would argue that's a that's a bigger risk sometimes because you're asking people to go straight from playing into coaching but yeah that's a kind of accepted route whereas someone like mckenna has spent his entire career working on coaching you, you know he, he hung up his boots to, to go back to his background he was a, he was a a very promising young player at Tottenham, um, got scouted over in, in Northern Ireland playing as a, as a teenager, came over to Tottenham, was on the fringes of their first team, was captain in their reserves, uh, had gone away on a couple of pre-season tours with them and then sadly had to hang up his boots at the age of 22 because of a, a chronic hip problem and uh, straight away threw himself into coaching, went and did a sports science degree, talked about three years of very intense uh, learning. Uh, he was kind of com uh, combining his studies at Loughborough with with doing a lot of sort of uh, work experience coaching on the side. Did some stuff at Nottingham Forest. Uh, when he when he eventually sort of qualified, Tottenham gave him a route back in there, and uh, very quickly worked his way up the ranks there. Became their under eighteen manager at a very young age. Uh, obviously, he had a bit of hype around him. There was talk of Liverpool being interested at one stage and then gets his dream move to Manchester United. He'd grown up as many in Northern Ireland do a Manchester United fan, jumped at the chance to go there as their under-18s manager, wins the league with them. And then Jose Mourinho, uh, after losing his assistant manager, Rui Faria, uh, in 2018, decided that he'd seen enough of McKenna to promote him to the to the first team fold alongside Michael Carrick, of course, and the uh, uh, has been quite a central figure in that first team setup at Manchester United under Mourinho. Uh, carried on doing that under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and even right up until last weekend, was was still uh, right there front and centre on the first team bench alongside uh, interim boss Ralph Ranick. So um, has done quite a bit in the game at the tender age of, of 35 years of age. Uh, a man who's been coaching the likes of Ronaldo and Pogba recently is now uh, in charge of Ipswich Town in the middle of the third tier table. Yeah, so he's, he's gone from coaching the likes of Ronaldo and Pogba to uh, Toto in Ciala and uh, people like that. So we shall see what happens when he when he steps foot inside Playford Road and Portman Road for the first time. Obviously, he's going to be at the game Saturday in terms of the order of things. Um, he's going to be at the game Saturday, watching brief, waving from the stands along with the owners, of course, hopefully. Um, <clears throat> and then there's a press conference on Monday, which fingers crossed yourself, Hutchie and Roscoe will all be out asking Kieran questions. And his first game will be the Boxing Day game at Gillingham. And that's the first time we'll see a Kieran McKenna Ipswich Town side. I'm definitely going to call him Paul McKenna at some point. I'm also definitely going to call him Kieran Maguire at some point. There's two names already in my head. I've put them now both in your heads boys so look forward to checking your copy for that and Roscoe saying that on his videos um <clears throat> Rossi oh someone's phone's going off who is that what's going on oh earthquake Carry on. breaking news um Rossi you obviously a man very much in touch with the fans um I said it's been a mixed reaction 
Has that been your experience as well? Clearly, you've got WhatsApp groups coming out of the kazoo. What are you saying? I think um, they're just pleased that it's just a modern approach. Um, there's mixed reviews for Man United fans. I've been reading a lot about Man mm. United fans, and they're very mixed reviews. I think Man United is just a bit of a basket case at the moment because how big the club is. They've had a well since Fergie left. They've um, not done so well. They they haven't won the Premier League title. So I think you know fans are just still worried about that. But um, no, I think they're just excited about a new approach. I think with the Paul Hurst appointment. Some people will go that's sort of similar, but I don't think it is. Paul Hurst had experience. He, you know, got to the League One playoffs and this is McKenna's first ever job. Mm. Um, so I think it's a different approach. Um, I watched a, I sent it in the WhatsApp group. I watched a 30 minute video of him, a coaching video, and he's very knowledgeable. He got a lot of questions about, you know, because he hadn't had a, a career really. Unfortunately, he had his injury mm. and some people will be chucking that thing. Oh, he never played professional football and all that. But there's lots of coaches. Jose Mourinho is one of them. He never played professional football. And look what he's done in the game. Mm. And Kieran McKenna, he's been around all these players, all these different coaches, getting the the knowledge. And yeah, I think fans are just excited that it's a new, different appointment. It's not a, a Neil Harris. No offence to Neil. It's not a Neil Warnock. No offence to Neil again. Um, so I think they're just excited about a new approach and bring it on. And it's not he's not called Paul. That is a good thing. He's not called Paul. I watched that video, Ross. His response to that question about having not played at the top end of the game has that sort of held held him back. You, you quite often get, well, you won't you won't get the respect to the dressing room if you haven't played at a certain level. Um, I think you'll get some respect having coached the you know uh, Ipswich Town. The people that I've just mentioned, he's worked with with world class footballers, but he also said that footballers are at a little bit interested in your background as a coach, but they're far more interested in their own careers and where you can help take them. So as long as you're empathetic and pour everything into them and show that you've got their best interests at heart, they don't really give a damn what your your background is. And um, he used the word empathy quite a lot and, and human qualities when talking about people that he'd worked with before. Um, I really like the sound of that. I, I just think the modern day coach now needs to be a bit more yeah empathetic human qualities holistic um articulate cerebral well well learned in terms of really sort of doing your analysis deep analysis and 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 data and all that sort of stuff um you look around the leagues now people like Graham Potter I think is, is an inspiration. Obviously, if we're talking about people who've come from, from youth teams, um, Neil Critchley at Blackpool has obviously gone from Liverpool under-23s. I think he was someone that Ipswich had, had a look at in this process as well, from, from what I gather. Um, so, excited about this. It's, it's different. And Ipswich probably did need to try something different. They've um, What they've been doing hasn't worked. And, and the great thing now is he has got really a free hit for the rest of the season, if we're honest. They'll probably make all the right noises about, you know, teams can come from anywhere in this league and there's still a long way to go. But this is a this is a half season for him to get his feet under the table, really understand the, the, the cultures of the club, the people that work with here, the players that he's got, and gives him a real chance to uh, to get to get the machine well oiled in time for the start of next season, I would say. Hmm. Um, there's a great picture. I think it was Joe Fairs who tweeted it of um, 
an older, grey-haired Bobby Robson and a young, fresh-faced Jose Mourinho. And then next to that, a picture of an older, grey-haired Jose Mourinho and a young, fresh-faced Kieran McKenna, which uh, caught one's eye when I saw it on Twitter. So fingers crossed it can have that same uh, synergy here at town. Stewie, it's remiss of us not to mention, and it's going to be key, I think, with with such a young manager and kind of inexperienced in actually being a, a first-team senior side manager, his backroom staff and the guy he's bringing with him I'm almost more excited about because of one single fact you told me. Um, Martin Pert, a very interesting character, mainly interesting to me because, put football aside, boys, this guy has worked with one of the genuine legends of all sport, an icon of sport, Shaquille O'Neal. Martin Pert, Ipswich Town's new assistant coach, has worked with Shaquille O'Neal, boys. That is exciting. Tell us all about it, Stewie. Yeah, fascinating backstory for, for Martin Pert. He was a, a youth team player up the road at Norwich, didn't make it as a pro, went to study. He also went to Loughborough, but he went to study accountancy and uh, did that. And he said his friends all then laughed at him when he said that he decided he wanted to be a football manager. They all wanted to work at the big the big uh, money firms in, in the city. And he decided, I'm, I'm going to try and get into football as a manager. So he, he writes off to... Uh, to all of the big clubs across Europe, get some, get says basically, can I come in and do some some work experience? A, f- a few of them uh, write back and say, yeah, you can come in. So he buys himself a, a an old battered car and goes on a, a magical mystery tour of, of Europe and uh, just watching different coaching sessions at places like Ajax and Milan and Bromby and places like that. I, I believe. Um, finally, gets his his foot in the door. I think he does some work at Cambridge and then he's kind of. His begin comes where he, he forms a bit of an alliance with with Aidy Boothroyd, and here's here's where a bit of a link to to the current Ipswich setup comes in because he, he works with with Aidy uh, at at the various clubs that uh, he worked at, including Watford, where obviously Aidy Boothroyd's big breakthrough was, and he was employed by Mark Ashton, current Ipswich Town chief executive. So there's a, there's a little bit of a link there, but follows Aidy around and then. In reference to your Shaquille O'Neal bit, in, in one little gap in his employment, he takes himself off to America and uh, he, he shadows Miami Heat's strength and conditioning coach because strength and conditioning is his kind of background in coaching. That's his forte. And he's basically the water boy, for, as he describes it. He's going around sort of picking up the water bottles and just just watching and learning off some of the best in the business. Obviously, uh, Shaquille O'Neal a player for the Heat at the time. That was just a little a three-month period. But this is a man who's not afraid to take himself out of his comfort zone, much like McKenna, someone who wants to, who's got a thirst for learning, who wants to to watch others and 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 soak everything up off, off the best in the business. I think Pert tells a story that he's at one stage, he, he's a assistant manager for Vancouver Whitecaps over in America, who McKenna has also had some time at, and he takes himself off on a three-hour journey down to Marcelo Bielsa's house in South America just to just to pick his brains. Apparently, he'd watched all of Chile's loads of loads of Chile's games, put together sort of his own thoughts on it, and and sent that to Bielsa. And Bielsa sent him back a nice message saying, "Yeah, impressed with this. You know, if you're ever in town, come and see me." And he did, and uh, they had a good chat. So that gives you an idea of of uh, Martin Per. I think they're both cut from the same cloth. Men that are, are not afraid to take themselves out of their comfort zone who are open-minded, who, who want to learn. And mm. uh, that excites me that they're going to bring those those qualities to Ipswich Town. Mm. Roscoe, Stewie there alluded to the fact that, that 
he thinks that Kieran McKenna will essentially get a free hit this season. Town's season dwindling away. Um, obviously, technically doing worse than they were this time last season. Um, and clearly, you know, this game on Saturday, if they if they got any hope really of, of of getting into the playoff race this season, they need to start picking up points. Do you think that's the case with McKenna? Will fans, given the nature of it, which fans starved of success for so long, will fans be content just to kind of let this season drift? If it does, I mean, who knows if it does? Um, but this is one way, you know, a guy coming into his first coaching job, manager's job, he's got to have time, hasn't he? You hope fans will give them time. I think we need a bit of patience here. I think this club, it's a project at the moment, unfortunately. Um, new owners, a lot of new players. Um, and I think, I'm hoping fans will give them time. Um, it's a new approach, so fans are just maybe excited about that. They're not getting, a, as I said, a Neil Warnock or something like that. Mm. Uh, a proven manager, which, well, hasn't really worked for us. You know, with Paul Lambert and Paul Cook. Um, so I hope fans will give them a chance. Like myself, I think the season is dead. I'm sorry to say. Um, I just feel that way. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think maybe that's what we need is just, let's just no, like Kieran McKenna, no pressure. Just bed in your ideas, everything around what you want this team to play and then just enjoy the ride. Um, mm -hmm. although we said that in the summer, that's what I was saying. Let's get on this roller coaster, enjoy the ride and, uh, we know what happened and uh, the current situation we're in, but we're in mid-table League One side at the moment, so mm. I'm not going to get too carried away and go, yeah, okay, he's going to come in, new manager bounce, and uh, we're going to go and score loads of goals and win loads of games. I think we've got to just give him time and patience and, as I said, enjoy the ride and enjoy the new era 3000, as you said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is obviously a whole new thing for Kieran McKenna. He's got to come in and establish his philosophy, how he wants to play the game, everything he'll, he'll never have had an opportunity to do before, really put a stamp on on a club as opposed to just being an assistant coach. That's a, yeah, sorry, to Mark, to interrupt. That's a good point. You talked about the Hurst comparisons there earlier. Mm. Paul Hurst came in like a, like a train, like a bulldozer when he first arrived. Someone who really wanted to, from day one, stamp his authority on it and maybe had some doubts in his mind about how am I going to be perceived because I haven't got that playing career and I've got to really, you know, he's ringing up Bart and Knudsen on the way back from a World Cup saying, I've not met you yet, but you've not done it just because you've been to a World Cup. You've not done anything for me yet. And the way he kind of ripped everything up quite quickly and, and the, the rant post Exeter, I think from the limited bits of what I've seen and know of, of Kieran McKenna so far, I think he's going to be someone that comes in with a bit more of a softly, softly approach just to kind of be open-minded, listen to a lot of people around the club and in the club at the moment and, and kind of work out slowly what, what he needs to do. Um, mm. and, it, and it will be a bit more of a slow burner here that the change, good change will happen, but it doesn't necessarily need to, to happen overnight here. And I think, um, Maybe a bit of less bull in a china shop approach to uh, to change at Ipswich Town because um, we've we've seen that a couple of times now, haven't we? We've had the whole demolition man thing over the summer. Maybe maybe change doesn't need to uh, doesn't need to happen overnight. Sometimes um, you can do more damage than good, can't you? So um, I, I like I like he seems to be a bit more considered. Is uh, is is my takeaway from from Kieran McKenna? Mm. So. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see that. Hopefully, maybe that more softly, softly approach can can reap some dividends. 
Uh, obviously, we're in the process of, of doing research on him and, and, and finding out more about his background. And Ross, I know you've got a, a chat lined up today with the Manchester United um, podcast. Um, we follow the club so we can get a bit more insight there into McKenna. So do you know anything about, I mentioned his philosophy there, do you know anything about how he likes to play football? What kind of formation he plays, anything like that? Or is it still too early to say? I'll be honest, no. I'd be lying if I said that I have uh, I know everything about how Tottenham and Manchester United's under-18s <laughs> sort of played un- underneath him. Um, he's used the word, the, the interviews and the, everything I've kind of read and seen of him, he's, he uses the sort of term adaptability quite a lot. I think he's someone that will judge the tools in his armory and then and then work out as any good manager I think should do work out what what's the best to kind of emphasize their strengths and hide their weaknesses it will be interesting to see these will be the in terms of skill set these will be the the worst set of players he's worked with probably if you know mm-hmm. if, you, if you look he's worked with the the best young players in the country at Tottenham and Manchester United he's been working with global superstars at at Manchester United and as we said right at the very start he's now working with at the moment mid-table League One players yes some of them have played at a higher level but right at this moment in time they're a mid-table League One group of players that's that's the reality of it so that that may be a challenge for him to start with working out their not only their sort of technical and physical limitations compared to what he's used to working with but mentally there, there'll be some flaws that maybe um there will be an eye-opener to him to start with. But um, I would like to think anyone who's worked with with young players, I think that's a really good grounding to working with. Sometimes that's almost sort of sniffed at, oh, you've only been a youth team coach. People who... The, the skill set of teaching and getting the best out of people and capturing hearts and minds of young people, I think that there's a lot of really good transferable skills mm. into coaching young men ultimately that are not that much older you know dealing with 17 18 year olds and and who knows hopefully he'll be, he'll be one that can can bring some through of Ipswich's own academy players there's a lot of exciting young talent in Ipswich's academy at the moment we've seen people like Cameron Humphreys on the fringes um I'm sure he'll be looking to uh to keep that tradition going as well so that's another mm. box tip and Rossi's got a transfer window as well looming um, so clearly, town making a big money move for Ronaldo come January. Um, but where would you like to see him spend some cash in January? We've talked about the left back being a potential issue. Where else would you say that town need to get players in? Don't stay everywhere. <laughs> um, well, it depends on his formation, of course. <clears throat> I yeah. We don't know much about that at the moment. So it depends on the formation. I think maybe, maybe some more wingers, maybe. Um, Defender, but I think it just depends what he what he's planning to do, how he's going to shape his team. Um, will he be in charge of recruitment? I think Mark Ashton will lead that. I think Paul Cook maybe got involved a bit more than maybe Mark Ashton wanted. Mm. So I think maybe um, Kieran will just be there to coach the team, and he'll go, "Yeah, I may need this player, this player, this position," and then Mark Ashton will go out there and get his man as he normally does. Um, so, it's interesting they've called him manager rather than head coach, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think in Ashton's system, working to its fullest, the manager would say, I want a midfielder. He needs to be this, that and the other. He wouldn't mention any names. And Ashton would feed it into his data dashboard 
and come out with numerous options and then go out and see what he can do and, and see who he can present to Kieran McKenna as his options. Um, so maybe that's that's the way it'll work. I guess with Paul Cook, a man who's got a lengthy history in the game and loads of contacts, he knew he wanted names that he'd worked with before and um, to see who he could bring in. So I'm sure a, a big part of this appointment is that, for want of a better word, that Kieran McKenna is a bit more malleable for, mm. for Mark Ashton, who is the man... Uh, very much driving this this ship at the moment and talks about people staying in their lane, being part of, of the structure at Ipswich Town Football Club. And I think the manager falls within that as well. He's, um, so uh, he's obviously bringing his own assistant, but I don't think there'll be a, a load of extra people coming with him. They've obviously just got rid of the entire coaching setup that Paul Cook had brought in, but... I would imagine Rene Gilmartin, who's come in as, uh, with John McGreal to assist, I imagine he'll probably become goalkeeper coach now, given his, his background as, as a goalkeeper. Um, there's obviously various people already in place, like Gary Prober and Andy Rawls, who's very influential behind the scenes. So um, getting someone that was prepared to work within those structures already in place, I, th I think would have been a big part of this, uh, this search as well. Might not have been too, you know, if we were talking about the, the, the experience end of the scale. I'm not sure that that would have been particularly uh, appealing to some of those managers who were used to setting their ways, working a certain way, want to bring all their own people in with them. Mm. Um, so that was a, that, you know, this type of appointment was a way of probably circumnavigating that as well. Okay. As a way of finishing this off before we move on to, to other less exciting things, boys, which we have to mention on a, a pod which covers Ipswich Town over the past week, um, I want from you, I want a grading out of 10 for the addition of K-Money, as I'm calling him, working title. <laughs> you like that, Rossi? You love that, don't you? <laughs> uh, and I also want you to tell me what success for the K-Money man looks like for the rest of the season. What what would be considered a success? Don't just say going up, because um, that's obviously increasingly unlikely. So, Stu, I'm going to start with you. Out of 10, how have Ipswich Town done with this one? And, and what, what would be a successful rest of season for, for the young man, McKenna? Oh, how can you grade this out of 10 before you know how it's going to... Don't don't get all doctor out. on me and all... Um, oh, I don't know all the imponderables. Just, well, give, look, me a, just give, me a, give me one of these, one of these. You want you want me to give you the Minogue, do you? Yeah. yeah. Andy, Andy Warren Minogue it's a feeling. vibe. It's a feeling. Yeah. My, my, my vibe... Eight. Eight out of ten. No, because okay. I'm excited by this. I've been saying it for years. Even when when after Mick left, this is the type of appointment that I thought felt right for Ipswich Town, and unfortunately, they didn't get the right one with Hurst, and that that made me sad because it felt like Marcus Evans was like, mm, I didn't really want to make that appointment, um, but it felt a bit like fans' pressure. I think even in his statements further down the line was, well, I, I, well, that was the fans' fault that I had to hire that young up-and-coming manager. I didn't want them. And see, I told you it would go wrong. And that mm. felt like it set Ipswich Town back to getting back on the same old merry-go-round of of managers. And um, so I, I wanted this. Doesn't mean that I don't feel any trepidation going into this. Um, Warren Joyce, obviously, was, you know, if you took looking at example, of, I've mentioned lots of examples that have worked. Warren Joyce was, was the kind of Manchester United youth reserve team manager that, that, made the leap into management. I think he lasted four months at, at Wigan. So it feels to me 
Like this could either be a, a, a raging success story or it could completely blow up and be terrible. And, and I don't know if there's anything sort of in between a grey area. It will be one end of the scale or the other. But I'm I'm really, really hopeful it will, it will be the former. And uh, if you can't be optimistic before a ball has even been kicked at the start of these new eras, then, then when can you? I know we've all, all been hurt before and maybe people are reluctant to invest emotionally but what other choice have you got true let's do this and there's the slogan what other choice have you got? <laughs> <laughs> um but also there's you what, what would you consider a success for for mckenna for the rest of the season obviously the ultimate success would be getting town on a massive winning run and getting into the playoffs top two realistically is gone but I mean, what can he achieve realistically, do you think, um, that would be a success for town for the rest of the season? I just want to see signs of progress, that they're heading in the right direction, that that, that something is building, that, that you can see before your eyes a plan coming together. And that's been the problem over the last few months. It's just looked mm. like a, a collection of players that they kind of scooped up in the summer, good players that they could get. So they did, but they didn't. You know, we couldn't still hadn't seen what the best team was, what necessarily they how they want to win games consistently. I just want to see some evidence of that. If it gets them in, if it goes on, if if that happens to click and they go on a ridiculous run and they get into the playoffs and, and whatever, great. Uh, if they ultimately fall short and there's every chance because they've lived, left themselves with with far too much work to do. And I just think having that instant impact is is too big an ask with, with such big games coming up over Christmas. Hmm. But um, yeah, that's all, all we want to see is, is signs of, of, of progress. Um, it's, it's a low bar, isn't it? But um, that's all I want. Is is that is that not enough? That's all you want for Christmas. And I think that's quite reasonable, Stewie. Um, Roscoe, give me a score out of 10 and your thoughts on the rest of the season. I'm just going to copy and paste what Stu said, but no, 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 this is that. I know this is a podcast and uh, everyone's opinions. Um, I'm the same though. I'm I'm eight, to be honest. I think that's a nice little, I wouldn't even say it's a middle ground. I think that's just a feeling in my belly that I feel eight eight out of 10 is what he deserves. And as I said, I think the season is dead. Unfortunately, that's my opinion. Um, I'll eat 100 Jaffa cakes if we do get into the playoffs. There we go. go. Write that down. When are we? December December the 17th, 9.34 a.m. Ross will eat 100 Jaffa cakes if Town get into the playoffs. No, that's Excellent. not. I'm not worried about that because I love Jaffa cakes. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, yeah, I think, you know, there'll be some fans who will go look at this appointment and go, yeah, the season's dead. They don't think we're going to get into the playoffs and all that jazz. But I think it's just, I'm just looking forward to this new project. And I feel hopefully by the end of the season, we can go and say, oh, I hate to say this, We've got our club back because we did have our club back when the new owners came in. But I feel like we'll hopefully have a style of play, entertaining football. Although that's what we did have under Paul Cook, although the mm. last month or so hasn't been like that. Um, but hopefully there'll be players like Scott Fraser, you know, Connor Chaplin, who will be able to really bed in, really show why they were signed. And that is what I'm looking forward to. And then hopefully a few other signings here and there. The fridge being our star man. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, and yeah, let's just bring it on. And yeah, that will be a big one. I think seeing that he can improve players already in the building, let's start seeing if we can see signs that there are players already in house that have improved. I think see signs that 
there's an eye for a good player in January. Um, yeah. Cause I'm sure there'll be some business done when, when the window opens. Mm. Um, so that, that'll be intriguing that, that first window to see what his kind of eye for recruitment is, is like. It, um, so yeah, see, like Ross says, we've kind of, a lot of these things we've kind of wanted for and then got, but not quite got before, but, um, it's all about vibe, isn't it? And a feeling that Ipswich are going in the right direction. And I think uh, it hasn't felt like they're going in the right direction, was it? Um, come on, we're, talk we're talking, what, 48 hours on. It's amazing what football does to you. Like, we're, now we're all excited and enthused. And then had we recorded this on Thursday morning, less than 48 hours ago, we'd have been all on the floor lower than a snake's belly because Ipswich Town have exited the FA Cup 2-0 at, at Barrow made them look like prime Barcelona. So it's the emotions of football. It's a masterstroke by Ashton and co to change the narrative in that way. And obviously that's what we're going to talk about next, but I will just finish that section by giving my thoughts. I'm going to say, I'm not, I've got to say eight out of 10. I like the sound of that, but I, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm going seven out of 10 on this one. Um, and that's an optimistic seven because I'm an eternal optimist. Um, yes. I like everything we've talked about. The fact is, a brilliant, you know, really highly rated coach. Uh, worked with some of the best players in the world, worked at some of the biggest clubs in the world. But I keep coming back to the fact that he's never actually been a manager at senior football level. And in League One, with the muck and bullets flying and hairy ass men running around, um, that's a very tough place to start, especially um, when you're at a club with the pedigree of Ipswich Town. So obviously, give him 100% backing. Really, really hope that it works out for it. Ipswich Town and Kieran McKenna, but I do have a nagging doubt in the back of my mind. And that's maybe because I've covered Ipswich Town, as Stewie has now for more than 10 years, that it's all going to go tits up. I do think, however, that the one massive thing he has going for him is that he is Ashton's boy. Ashton's brought him in and therefore he's going to give him as much time as physically possible and will back him to the hilt. So all that being said, um, fingers crossed, Kieran McKenna will be a huge, huge, huge success at Ipswich Town. We um, finally um, get... Oh! Sorry, I'm just looking at the list of, of current current managers across the Football League in terms of that sort of first first job. And you've got people like Paul Warren and I think David Artell at Crew. I mean, they, they would have been their, their first managerial jobs. They, they've had real good success stories there. I'm sure, sure there's others. Um, the Cheltenham manager is doing a great job. I think that was his, his first job as well. So... It, it can be done. And I think people get a bit tired of uh, the same people sort of getting failing at jobs and then jumping straight back on the merry-go-round. But, but I do concede it's a gamble and maybe my eight was a, a little bit optimistic. But, hey, I get swept along with it. And you've been drinking sherry since uh, 6 a.m. this morning because it's Christmas. So there we go. We've got a drunk doctor on the show. Excellent. Um, boys, let's talk about we've had the ups. And as Stu says... When we sat down to record this yesterday, there was a very big down that we were going to be talking about. Um, the narrative has slightly changed in the last 24 hours. Ipswich Town have gone from another national humiliation to signing um, one of the, the hottest young coaches in the country. So clearly that's an exciting thing. But definitely what wasn't an exciting thing was getting schooled on ITV4 in front of the nation. Well, at least 15 people. Um by Barrow. And Stu, you rightly said that they made Barrow look like Barcelona, at least in the first half. 
It was absolutely dreadful, pathetic, limp, abhorrent, abysmal, whatever you want to call it. That was it. Town was completely shite at Barrow on Wednesday. Yep, first half, definitely. Um, dreadful. I can't really add much more to it, to it than that. They just haven't learned their lesson, Ipswich Town. They have one good performance, really spirited. We haven't spoken since the Wigan game. Went there, really good reaction from Charlton. Spirited performance. Looked up for the fight. It was a really scrappy, fine margin game. There's not a lot of quality in it, but restricted Wigan's chances. Got that equaliser. Point in your pocket. Fine, like we've, we've stopped the rock from Charlton. Like, right, can we kick on? Can we build on from here? And they just seem to let their guard down. How many times have we seen it this season? Thrash Doncaster 6-0 and then go and lose at Accrington. Um, there's several more examples of that. And, it, and I think Paul Cook talked about the Oldham Cup game when it was a draw and said that we didn't respect the game. They didn't respect this game at Barrow. They needed to go up there and, and be scared of defeat. I've said this before, go into it, it, it in a healthy way but mm. think really have a real sort of steely-eyed focus about this. Like We do not want to make the wrong national headlines today. We're on live TV. We can make a bit of a point. We know there's going to be a new manager watching. It's going to be wet. It's, the pitch is going to cut up. They're underdogs. Let's roll our sleeves up and get stuck into this. But it's like they almost sort of collectively think, oh, our, our CVs, our, our high-level ability will carry us through this game. We can just we can just play our way to, to a win. And... Uh, they were just, if you'd have tuned in as a neutral, you'd have thought that that was Barrow were the two leagues higher than Ipswich Town in that first half. It was utterly, utterly embarrassing. 2-0 did not flatter them at all. And yes, it was a bit of a, a response in the second half. But to hear John McGrill sort of go, oh, well, at least it was a response in the second half. And I take the positives from that. It's, that was that was depressing to hear. Mm. Yeah, dead right. I mean, if if you'd have tuned in first half and and all you knew was one of the sides was League One, one of them was League Two, you'd be saying, "Bloody hell, Barrow got a chance of getting a championship this season, mm. wouldn't you?" They're looking really mm. good. I know Tanner only League Two, but you know that kind of thing. Rossi, um, anything to add there other than the obvious? The standard quote we have to use all the time: "Another new low," um, yeah. <laughs> because we've had those a few this season. Um, now the Lincoln defeat in the FA Cup a few years ago when they were non-league. That was bad, but this was worse. Um, of course, at that time, we were a championship side, you know, mm -hmm. mid-table, under Mick. Of course, it was sort of going downhill from that point. But, you know, on TV, just very predictable, this game. Um, that first half probably was the just the worst first half I've seen in my life. Um, and, yeah, it's just pathetic, as we said. Embarrassing. You know, I don't, they were saying on TV, the commentary, this is an upset. It wasn't an upset. You know, as you said, Barrow were the better side and they deserved it. They hadn't scored, by the way, in open play in six games. <laughs> you know, they, 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 uh, they beat Swindon on the weekend, but both of the goals were penalties. So outplayed by a team sitting 19th in League Two, I repeat, 19th in League Two. Um, mm. But maybe we should have known this after the 0 0 draw on Saturday against them in the first game. So we should maybe gone into this replay going, yeah, this is going to be a, a shit game and we're going to lose. And that's what happened. But uh, yeah, I felt it couldn't get any worse, but it did. So there we go. I think, I think that's, I mean, I think a lot of people probably went into this game thinking that town were going to lose because that's what town do. And you say, I mean, I was using the term 
upset in the in the paper and online on on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. And, but it really wasn't, was it? It kind of, as you say, that's what Town do. They they lose in the FA Cup against teams they should be beating. Um, Stewie, I did the ratings on Tuesday night because your partner in crime Hutchie is having a, a well earned restful week off. Hopefully, um, I gave pretty much everyone a three, and yet I still got hammered by people saying that's far too generous. Um, they should be. Can you give minus numbers? Um, which I think is, tells a tale itself. Um, what did you make of individual performances? I, I mean, I, I was shocked by how bad Cameron Burgess and Toto Enciala looked um, against League Two, struggling League Two strikers. I know Gordon's got pace, but these are these are meant to be top-end tier League One defenders, and they looked terrified every time the ball was played behind. The entire back four had a had a really bad night. I would. Mm. There was one word I'd use to sum up Burgess and Toto would be jittery. I think we, we've seen enough of I think both of them on their day on their day can look like warriors who, who head it, block it, mm. do all of that sort of muck and bullets stuff on their days. But on their other days they can look like a, a bag of nerves. Burgess on the turn looks slow and vulnerable mm. toto with the ball at his feet it just you know that you just it's heart in mouth time isn't it with, with toto i think new manager will, will be looking at that if he's been used to playing sort of academy football which is all tippy tappy and playing out from from the back those those two are not are not for that um in addition to that i think both fullbacks the word i'd use for them is flaky um kane vincent young we all fell in love with him in, in the early days with his marauding runs and his stepovers and his attacking play. Defensively, we've seen him head the ball into his own net from a corner against Arsenal and 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 against Barrow. He's got he's just got to show more desire for that back post header for the mm. for the second goal. I think that the commentary team watching it back highlighted that you know he he's his favourite there. He's got the run on the ball and 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 their left back just wanted it more. Had no right really to win that header and 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 put the ball back into play for that that second goal. Matt Penny's the same at left back. So many crosses came from down that right hand side, and he just kind of wafts a leg at it sometimes, and and instead of kind of really charging out to to stop the cross. So the the formation didn't help. I don't think mm. on on Wednesday night they played this kind of boxy midfield very narrow the two wide men of, of Fraser who obviously would prefer to be playing more central and, and Aluko were kind of right tucked in but all that did was just give give Barrow the sort of the freedom of, of the flanks um but it, ultimately they just needed to compete more they needed to show more desire I think if you start talking about conditions and formations you're just giving the players excuses they were they were good senior players who had to perform better than that. So um, lots of work there for Mr McKenna to uh, to get stuck into going forwards. Maybe you should bring Paul McKenna with him um, if you mm -hmm. can. Get no, he's called Paul. What? No more Pauls. <laughs> uh, Rossi, um, I mean, obviously, as Juice says there, there was no fight, there was no desire. Clearly, you know, town um, were up against it because of the pitch. I'm joking. Um, but I want to explore something which your friend and mine, very sweary Mr. David Fisher, said on Fan Social earlier this week about KVY. She just talked about KVY. And he said he believes that KVY has been built up to be something that he's not in town fans' minds because he had this mercurial run 
um, where he was absolute flames for nine games and then has basically been injured ever since. Um, and always the players who aren't playing get kind of built up to almost mythical proportions, don't they? And KVY, because he was so good for that short period of time, time town fans were like, once KVY gets back, he's going to be unbelievable. We're going to charge up the league. He's going to score a million goals from left back. It's going to be amazing. Um, or right back. Um, <laughs> is that a valid point on KVY? Do, are we are we looking at KVY now through rose-tinted spectacles because of that one very short run that he had in the side? Is he still, can he still be that player? I still think he's a, a good player at this level. Um, I think he just needs that run of games. I think mm. that is that cliche when a player gets injured. Um, he will be like a new signing when he comes back. It was just like, you know, Hughes, Emmy Hughes, when he got injured and we thought, oh, you know, he was a marquee signing. Mm. Um, you know, he's got that goal against Newcastle and he's had those injury problems. Unfortunately, just didn't work out for him and he went. But KBY is, very, yeah, it's uh, he had the unbelievable start to his town career. We were like just... Just every week we're chatting about him, you know, that those performances, that great debut he had. And then, yeah, the injury struck. And I think a lot of town fans going, you know, where's KVY gone? You know, and everyone's like, when he comes back, he will be like a new signing. And unfortunately, when he has come back, he's had a few good games here and there. But um, yeah, maybe we should maybe lower his expectation a little bit now because he has had them injuries. And we have been, a, unfortunately, a, a bad side um, mm. when he has come back. But um, no, I think he's still got a part to play and I feel he can be an you know, integral part of this side. So um, hopefully he does get the opportunity um, and hopefully Kieran McKenna can get the best out of him. And, you know, Spurs linked, you know, they're both at Spurs, so they have yeah. that in common. So, mm. um, yeah, we'll wait and see on KBY, but I hope he does get the opportunity. Mm. Anything else you want to mention about Barrow, Stu? I don't want to dwell on it too long, given the... Uh... This is meant to be a positive, excited podcast. Not, not really. They they improved in the second half when switching to wing backs. Um, you could probably argue that Barrow then have a two 0 lead to to defend at that stage, and uh, maybe not to read too much into that. But that that may be a consideration when we're talking about working out how to get the best out of what you've got. I mentioned there, Burgess. Burgess came having played a lot of his football at Accrington in a back three. Maybe Kane Vincent Young is best in a sort of more of a wing-back role. Both him and Penny got some really good crosses into the box when they started playing as, as wing-backs in, in that second half. You can still make sure that you've got enough bodies in midfield playing that way. You can still then have two up front, which enables you to get two out of Bon, Norwood or, or Piggott uh, into the team as well. Might be a consideration going forwards. I'll be really interested to see, as, as we've said, what, what the first formation is that's picked by by the new manager. Hmm. Okay, let's draw a line on that and hopefully we never have to talk about that again. Um, the final thing to talk about in this week's show is, of course, the Packout Portman Road festive campaign beginning at home to Sunderland this weekend. On paper, it's near to a sellout. I do wonder how many of those seats will actually be filled given that things have got all a bit COVID-y again. Uh, and I know kind of through... People I know who would normally be going have told me they're not going to go because of COVID and they don't want to risk getting ill and missing Christmas with their family. Um, but in theory, this should be a fantastic occasion. It clearly was going to be potentially a, a dangerous sort of atmosphere after Barrow with no new manager in place. But now 
there's going to be Kieran McKenna waving from the stands, hopefully with the owners. I'm assuming they're still going to come over in the face of COVID. Um, Stewie, Sunderland, on paper, this is going to be John McGill's last game. I, I'm not sure we're probably going to see much of any anything in terms of Kieran McKenna's thoughts on, on the team. He's not yet met the players, as far as I'm aware. So for him to start picking the team, maybe in this game, would be a bit of a stretch. So um, what, what are you making of this one? Because clearly, if Town do still have a chance of doing anything this season, this is a game they need to be getting at least a point from. Yeah, we've said that about quite a few games <laughs> recently, haven't we? Um, S- Sunderland, obviously, was what? Only only how many weeks ago? It's probably not. It feels like a lifetime ago, but probably wasn't that long. November 20th. Um, we know the narrative from that game, Ipswich went up there were the better team, didn't land any any kind of uh, any blows and uh, conceded two two killer ones at the end to lose 2-0. We kind of came away from that thinking Ipswich would have been disappointed to draw, let alone lose, but they did. Sunderland were there for the taking at the time. They were in a, in a pretty sticky run of form. And then, as usual, Ipswich give a, a team out of form a bit of a leg up. And do you know what? They've they've kicked on from there. They've, they haven't lost a league game since then, just looking at their recent results. Uh, they beat Morecambe 5-0. They beat Plymouth 2-1. So uh, a tough game, this one. And um, taking putting aside the sort of new manager coming in, I would imagine John McGrill, Kieran Dyer, Rene Gilmartin, Wall should and we'll take a, a real back-to-basics approach to this. I think it will be uh, just get them fired up for a real scrap and just make it and, and just see what happens. And I think mm. it will be two up front again. I think it might be more of a traditional 4-4-2. Uh, let the new man come in on Monday and do what he wants to do. But in, in the short term, in the here and now, um, let's just give this big crowd something to get behind you know some sam morsey flying into a big tackle early on just yeah to turn it into that sort of game i think is probably their their best approach on on saturday yeah rossi if, if the players can't get up for this game in front of what's still likely to be a massive crowd even if it's not quite a sellout given the covid thing um in front of their new boss for the first time as well um they should i mean this should be a game that they give literally everything in yeah, but I don't see it happening, unfortunately. I'm going to be the negative Nancy <laughs> here. Um, and, yeah, we're going to lose this. Um, Sunderland <laughs> are in good form. Um, they're in really good form. Um, we should have beaten them, really, at Stadium Light with a better side there. But since then, they've got some good results. So they smashed Morecambe 5-0 at home. They beat Plymouth on the weekend. I know Plymouth have gone down a little bit since uh, their top of the table stuff. But... I just don't see it happening. And normally when we have these PR campaigns and, you know, free tickets and cheap tickets, we normally don't perform. The West Brom game, um, you know, when we're in the championship speaks to me and mm. we lost that game. Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit uh, concerned, to be honest. Um, definitely after the Barrow game, I know Wigan was a bit of a, a spirited performance, but still wasn't that great. Um, and yeah, the new manager bounce doesn't start until Kieran McKenna is on the touchline. So uh, mm-hmm. sorry. Do you remember? To, um, yeah. Do you remember Paul Lambert? Uh, I think they announced him on the Saturday morning, didn't they? And he was sat in in the stand at Millwall with his with his hood and his, um, you know, pulled up all over over his face. And 
what was this? They lose three nil. That was an yeah. absolutely awful performance. And and you can say all the players should be fired up to impress the new man. Sometimes that can put a, a real bit of sort of nerves into people that they feel the pressure to go and perform. And if confidence isn't particularly high at the moment, which clearly it's not, that can that can go the other way, can't it? And then, as you say, Ipswich is record in front of big crowds. They they seem to always fall flat on on the big occasions. So um, I share your fears for us. Oh dear, oh dear. I mean, as you, you quite you quite rightly say that this is a game that Ipswich Town is part of their DNA. They lose. It's big games. Ipswich Town lose big games. Unfortunately, um, Stewie, is there anything you particularly want to see other than Sam Morsey kick someone? Um, are there particular <laughs> players you want to see? Given an opportunity, what would you do? Uh, uh, I, I really don't know. I'm at the stage now where they've tried so many different things and it's mm. not worked. Um, you say you think it'd be 4 4 2. I'm assuming that's Bon and Piggott, is it up top? Norwood's obviously come back into the frame. I thought Norwood came out of Wednesday night with a, with a smidgen of respectability. At least he kind of, you know, he didn't have a lot to work off and at least mm. tried to sort of press and run around when he could. I think they might be looking at his lack of football this season and his injury record, and that might put a bit of doubt in there. Pickett came on and uh, had a really good header save towards the end, so it, it will be Bonn. Plus mm. one of those, one of those two up front. It's very, very hard to call. I don't want to see Scott Fraser wide again. I don't, uh, Ross said earlier about January about the. We talked a lot about the defence, but there is, I think, there's a, an imbalance in terms of the lack of wingers at the moment. And my word, they've missed Wes Burns, haven't they? Um, since he's he's been out, um, don't know if Selena will will be available again. We don't really know the extent of of his injury or even even what it is. Um, but no, it's, it's, I just want to see. I just want to see the right attitude and application and fighting spirit. That's all I think football fans ever want. You you can accept when players are are off it, when the confidence is low, when there's misplaced passes, when things aren't happening. But one thing football fans will never forgive is is that lack of lack of desire and application and fight. That that's all I want to see. My bar is very low going into this game, and then whichever way the result goes, it goes. Mm. Okay. Um, is it fair to say that we're all thinking defeat then? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Sorry to say. Um, not, we're not going to get smashed or anything because that would be embarrassing at Portman Road in front of a, a big crowd. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just can't see us scoring. That's my, that's my fear as well. I just can't see us scoring. Even with Macaulay Bond back in the side, another player's got a chance of scoring, but I just can't see us scoring, unfortunately. Um, I'm just going to chuck my prediction out there right away. 2-0 defeat. 2-0 defeat, Stewie, what are you saying? Does that sound about right to you? Uh, I, I really don't know, mate. I've a draw. A draw? Draw. I'm okay. just not saying it with any great conviction. All right. So we've got nil, a draw. Nil. Oh, hey, what a way to get going. Fire up the McKenna era, nil-nil. Um, yeah, I, I, I fear that Town are going to lose. But then I thought they'd lose at Wigan and they didn't. So... Who knows? I'm pretty much always wrong, as my wife will tell you. Um, boys, anything else to mention before we take our leave? We've got a very busy day ahead um, and we need to get on with it. Anything else to mention, Stewie? Don't think so. Rossi? I just want to say a big salute to all the town fans that went to Barrow, AK Matt, AK Dazza, part of the fan social. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who listen to the podcast who are there as well. So 
congrats to you and just unbelievable support, you know, going all that way to Barrow. I know a lot of fans will go, oh, that's what you do as a fan. You go all that way, but it's still a long way to go on a Wednesday night. It was on TV. They would have got home 4am, would have probably gone to work the next morning or that mm-hmm. morning. Um, so yeah, well done to them. And uh, hopefully this new era, 3000 is going to be a good one. They should find all those fans that went to Barrow uh, on Wednesday and give them like VIP seats for the rest of the season because that is going above and beyond um, in terms of what they did to get there, the round trip, the sacrifices they, they would have to have made and then for what they were served up when they could have been sat on the sofa at home drinking several cold beers as opposed to the uh, the warm beer I'm assuming they got served up at Barrow. I may be wrong there, so don't don't uh, take that as red. Well then, friends, um, a new era has once again begun at Ipswich Town. I've lost track of how many times I've said that on this podcast, but again, it's happening. Kieran McKenna is the new Ipswich Town manager. I, for one, I'm just very, very, very pleased they've done it this week because I was starting to think that Mark Ashton may start to think it was a good idea to unveil him on Christmas Day as a present to the fans, which would have ruined all of our individual Christmases. So thank you, Mark. Thank you for doing that this week. Um, and let's hope that Kieran McKenna proves to be the first in a very long line of successful appointments from Mr Ashton. Um, friends, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed it this week. Please support our sponsors, Manscaped. Use the code koamanscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We've had a few of those recently. That's that's really useful because that helps us get visibility in the charts and loads more people can come and discover us. Obviously, Ipswich Town are going to be flying up there at the moment, given the Kieran McKenna thing. And also, follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The boy Rossi I mentioned earlier is going to be speaking to a Manchester United podcaster later on today. Um, to get a bit more of an insight about Kieran McKenna. We will obviously be give, doing our best to uh, look into his history and bring you as much as we can um, tell you about Kieran McKenna. And then on Monday, as I say, Kieran McKenna's first press conference will bring you something on Monday. Hopefully we'll be able to bring you that in its entirety in audio form. But if not, we'll certainly have some sort of audio podcast for you on Monday. Friends, it is Christmas. Ipswich Town have got a new manager. A new era has begun. Have a great weekend. And we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.